No my hearty Mike, Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. But as mortgage rates bite, will there be cases where some homeowners will get themselves in what's known as negative equity? There's been a buzz around whether mortgage rates could hit 10% mid next year. We ask our expert uh, about that just after four. New Zealanders, they love their buy now, pay later schemes. Those shoes, you can get them now, you pay later. The government wants an affordability limit and tipping. Here's an idea for you. In an inflation-high environment, should we encourage tipping in our eateries, bars, cafes? Just something to help. Say 5% of the dinner. What do you think? Text me. We discussed that. And also today, a hygiene expert said you don't need to shower every day. What is the Western world's obsession with showering every day? Get this. You do not need to shower for health. So I'd like to hear from someone who showers once a week. There you go. There's your ch- <laughs> What? No. There, there's your challenge. <laughs> Text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With us this afternoon, Penny Ashton, who's an MC comedian, thespian. Kia ora, Penny. Kia ora. Also with us, and I believe for the first time on the panel, Tom Harris, who's an operations manager at Watamata Community Law. Tom, kia ora. It's lovely to have you on the program. Kia ora, kia ora. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. All right, so Penny and Tom with us. Now, by the way, some uh, uh, news just to hand. Police investigating the Pegasus wildfire north of Christchurch have spoken to two young people about the blaze. One of them has been referred to youth aid. And police say the fire broke out after fireworks were let off. I'm sure you'll be hearing more about that uh, in the afternoon into the evening. Uh, and to this, uh, the sky will shine bright on Saturday night as Guy Fawkes again rears his head. The official fireworks sale began, period began yesterday and once again it sparked debate on whether we should do away with Guy Fawkes. We have that discussion every year, don't we? Mm-hmm. But one of the catalysts for that discussion is the effect they have on animals. So with us we have SPCA scientific Officer Dr. Alison Vaughan for some tips, I guess. Dr. Vaughan, kia ora. Kia ora. Tell me, why do animals have a particularly tough time with fireworks? Well, it won't be any surprise to people who have animals who don't enjoy fireworks. The sound particularly, but also the lights, it can be quite an overwhelming um, experience, also because it's unpredictable. So while they're only sold for four days of the year, they're often used many, many more days. So it will be the weeks around these uh, events. Yes. Uh, so mm. It makes it really hard for people to prepare. Yeah. What animals, Alison, are particularly at risk uh, from fireworks? That's a great question. So we often think of cats and dogs because yeah. we experience their suffering while they're in the homes with us. Um, but this is very much the tip of the iceberg. So we know with horse owners, um, a recent survey in New Zealand, I think a quarter of horse owners reported their horses actually being injured as a result of fireworks, usually due to them running uh, into obstacles mm. because they're panicked. But one of the things that people really don't think about is their wildlife. So this is a really important time of year uh. for native birds. We've just had bird of the year. And not just the fireworks startling them, but as we are aware of today, um, fires starting. Yes. Uh, these are really risky for our natives. 
Okay, well, uh, I did not know that. I did. I, 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 I think about my little Yorkshire Terrier banjo, really frightened. I feel very sorry for the little banjo, particularly in the shoulder season of, uh, uh, of, of, of fireworks, where it's just going randomly, as you say, Alison. Uh, Tom, I don't know about you, whether or not you have um, cats or dogs or wildlife at home, or indeed you partake in fireworks yourself. Yeah, we don't partake of my children are, are growing now, but we yeah. do have uh, our kitten Charlie, so this will be his first um, sort of go at Guy Fawkes. So, of course, we're going to lock him inside and keep him with us. Yeah. And if you're able to have animals, you lock him inside and chuck the tally on to so and disguise some of the some of the noise. But, of course, wildlife and livestock are always exposed to the elements and exposed to all the noise and hopefully not too much of the buffoonery that surrounds Guy Fawkes. Yeah, very good point, Tom. Uh, uh, stay there, Alison. Penny? Yeah, I mean, we do have this conversation every year, and I feel that we creep closer and closer to potentially a ban, which I am all in favour of, particularly with, you know, Woodend and you look at things like that. Like, we used to go across to the school, let them off in the big school ground. You can't do that anymore. It's all illegal. I just think, you know, apparently it disrupts mating season for birds and stuff like this as well. So I just think, yes, just ban them. Let's just get on with it, please. Wait, do, you, do you have a – does the SPCA have a view on that, Dr? Vaughan, whether or not we should um, well, ban fireworks? Yeah, so you won't be surprised to hear that we have a very strong view on uh, fireworks. And mm-hmm. um, so SPTA is advocating for a ban on the private sale and use of yeah. fireworks. That's uh, where members of the yeah. public can go and buy them. We do understand that fireworks are important to New Zealanders as part of celebrations. And so we do support continuation of controlled and notified events that are organised for the public. Yeah. Um, yeah, can I, I can I that. tell you my problem, um, Alison? Maybe you can guide me through it. My my little issue, I guess, is that um, okay. I really hate fireworks. Don't like them. I think I just frankly hate the all of it, all of it. But I have a six year old, and he's dying for it. We want to go out and buy some sparklers and maybe a little golden shower. You know, one of those things that spray everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. What? Nothing. Uh, you know, those little things, that you, they go everywhere, you put them in the lawn and that type of thing. On the other hand, I've got a little banjo, my Yorkshire Terrier. Alison, what should I do? So you bring up a great um, point. So we do know some people will go ahead and buy fireworks anyway um, for uh, their own private use. But what we do advise is people let their neighbours know, um, post on social media pages, post flyers to your neighbours' other boxes. And if you're choosing fireworks, you can choose ones that have less impact. Oh, yes. The ones that are close to the ground, things like sparklers. Um, so avoiding those fireworks that make very loud explosive yes. noises mm. and picking those that um, go off closer to the ground, they're likely to cause less stress. The thing is, if, if they're not there, then your child won't know about them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it'll be the new breed that comes Fair through. And, you, and those fireworks displays, I love fireworks displays. You I do? love really big ones that I've had nothing to do with organising and I have a glass of wine on, on a rug. and Yeah, I love that. What about you, Tom? Yeah, well, I think we've almost resolved it. So let's let's wean ourselves <laughs> off. Let's, let's yes. wean ourselves off yes. fireworks. Yes. And um, and if we do have to sell them privately, let's go for the low impact, low explosive type. And good. so our littleies, our our under tens, get to have a a, a good night, and, and the animals don't get disturbed too much. Good heavens above, Tom! You're not on the panel for five minutes, and you become the solutions man. <laughs> <laughs> We're a team, no iron team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Community law, community yeah, law. Yeah, good on you. Good on you, Tom. Finally, Dr. Vaughan, look, um, what what are some tips for people who have pets and are worried uh, this Saturday? 
Yeah, so um, some of them have already come up. Make sure you're exercising your dogs early. Make sure your cats and dogs are inside before it gets dark. And also make sure they're microchipped because um, sometimes animals can run off. Um, so that helps reunite you. Um, and yeah, just uh, be considerate. If you know your dog's going to be, or cat or other animal's going to be stressed, do talk to your vet about medications because it can help. And just try and um, close the curtains, put the telly on, put some white noise on. Good on you, Alison. Thanks very much, Dr. Alison Vaughan there. Uh, kia ora. Um, now, uh, big response here. Did I say something wrong? Did I say something? People are texting me about this golden shower thing. That's what they're called, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know about those, but I know something else is called a golden what? shower. Are you serious? No, what, what, what wow. are you talking about? It's also called urophilia. Oh, I don't want to know. Yeah, I thought you can not. Talk to me Let's not talk about that on Radio New Zealand. Um, yeah, that's why uh, I was surprised you brought it up, Wallace. Someone, someone texts, uh, what, what, but that's what I grew up with. Okay. I, you put them in the ground, they, well, they go everywhere. Were they called golden showers? Uh, I'm sure they are. Right. Uh, now, uh, in terms of um, <laughs> well, in terms of showers, I only cold shower once a week living in the country and don't have hot water. I can wash the my uh, smelly areas when required. Obsessive cleanliness is destroying the planet. So, yes, indeed, we are. <laughs> speaking of showers, we are yes, talking... <laughs> <laughs> smelly areas, them. right. Um, speaking of segues. Anyway, uh, <laughs> wonderful to have you coming this afternoon. Uh, time for I've Been Thinking. Tom, You've is it your first uh, time on the panel? No, no, not at all. Um, I've been on a couple of times before, but uh, every time I do come in, it feels like the first time. Well, yeah, yeah, it's just so wonderful to have you. It feels like you haven't been on for some time. So why don't you start uh, with your I've Been <laughs> Thinking? You. Take it away. That'd be great. Yeah, so what I've been thinking is that um, what I've noticed um, out in the community that there seems to be a COVID, post-COVID-19 um, issues with recruitment. And uh, what I've seen anecdotally is that uh, people will interview for a job and while you interview them, they're telling you their, their expectations of mm. your industry, which was alarming for me. But, you know, you, you work through that. And then we get what I've now sort of termed loosely as um, post-interview ghosting, where once you've interviewed and you sort of agree that this is beneficial for both, when you make the offer back via email, text or phone call, you just don't get a reply. And then two or three months later, you get an email, go, oh, sorry, I've decided to work for an early childhood centre or something like that. And then I was sitting in the barbershop getting my hair cut the other yeah. day, and it seems to be out in a lot of industries this thing is going on. So it's, I'm not yeah. too sure how to solve Tom, it, but it just Tom, seems to be amongst us. Kia for bringing this up. Uh, we had someone on about this about four weeks ago saying, uh, who, no, who was it? Who was it who said that um, they'd been to, it was an industry rep saying they'd been to 13 cafes and the one common thing is that people will just not turn up to an interview, will wow. leave and not say where they went and it's, it's they're trying to find a solution. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's a little turning on its head of the don't contact us, we'll contact you, which often happens when you apply for jobs mm. that you don't get people coming back to you sometimes. So that's a different thing. But obviously it's rude in any case. Of course. Mm. I, think it's, I think it's very, very rude. Mm. Um, uh, and how are things while you're here, how are things in the community law space, uh, Tom? Yeah, um, it's it's good and bad. Um, there's a lot yeah. of bad things that, that do happen in some of our communities, but the good yeah. thing is that communities law here is to help out, and um, we we see a large increase in family matters, uh, mm. also with tenancy issues. Uh, we seem to be dealing with a lot, um, but 
the ability to access justice for the poor is what I'm very proud about for mm. our 24 law centres throughout Aotearoa. And um, we try and do the best we can with the whānau that we're working with, which Amazing. is usually the marginalised and disadvantaged. Yep. Great work, Kika, Tom. Kia ora. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, it's uh, Tom Harris said, I've been thinking, yes, ghosting by employers has been rife for a while uh, now. Mm. Um, but this is on the other side as well. Mm. All right, uh, Penny Ashton, I've been thinking. So I've been thinking a lot. I know we've talked a lot in the media about the CNZ funding, particularly around the Shakespeare issue. But I want to bring up a lot of the other people that got defunded in this last round, who are a lot more sort of focused on grassroots and smaller touring and things like that. Like, for example, all the fringe festivals lost funding and like little a little andromeda in christchurch which is a fringe yeah. venue like the first show i ever produced in a fringe festival was called little shay it was about shay guevara and it was played by taika as he was called cohen then he's now called taika waititi and he's done a few things no. yeah so he was in the very first fringe show and same thought of the concords reese darby you know we and myself is exactly the same notoriety they all started fringe but yeah we all started like that and then i've gone and toured a lot with arts on tour and arts on tour just out of the blue they've been uh, funded for about 35 years they like own two vans they tour 10 shows a year around the whole country. That Next year, they were supposed to do up to about 300 shows. I tour New Zealand constantly, and so many of those networks have been set up through my Arts on Tour mm. things. And I just want to give a big shout to Arts on Tour because they're just, they only get $235,000 a year. And with that, they fund two full-time people and 10, 10 different tours over the 10 months of the year with accommodation, um, per diems, all this sort of stuff. And they have this really great model and for such a low cost. That yeah. was all pulled. With no um, consultation, like they didn't know it was going to happen. They've been going for over 30 years. So Steve and Michelle do great work out of Christchurch with that. And I love touring with that. Okay, so maybe that's why it was defunded, because 30 years of funding. Give it to someone else. It's Well, I mean, but they provided 13% of all arts in the region. So I did shows from Taipei Bay at the very top right. of the country to Stewart Island, and no other touring organisation provides that level of detail. Like I've done Ocarito, I've done Reefton, Hokitaka, Have Geraldine. you said to CNZ, do you know what's going to happen if you live in, say, Blenheim, mm. in Nelson, Matamata, whatever, you are not going to get the yards coming to your region. Uh, oh, absolutely, and believe Steve is barracking for it. And in fact, if you've got any sponsors, uh, any banks, you know, they're making some money. <laughs> if your banks want to sponsor Austin Found on the road, because it was supposed to be our third tour, the last two have been cancelled from COVID. All anyway. Right. Uh, the panel on Arts International. Yeah, wonderful. Penny Ashton, Tom Harris with me this afternoon. And there's a lot to discuss this afternoon. Do stay with me. Wallace Chapman on the panel on RNZ National.